All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good day, sir. Okay, so yesterday I had Ellis yes. Ross on the show, okay? BC United MLA, former elected chief counselor of the Heisla First yep. Nation. And he was on in honor of National Indigenous Persons Day in Canada. And I asked him, and I got this question from you. You said, you told me, ask him if he's running for the federal conservatives mm-hmm. in the next election. Because that's the rumor up there, right? That mm-hmm. the conservatives are trying to line him up. So I asked him that. Here's what he had to say. Then I'll get your thoughts. I've never ruled out anything, including, but my wife is, um, my wife and I actually have a conversation about that almost weekly. But but I've always got the same goal in mind, because I, I want to leave a strong province. I want to leave a strong country for my kids. Okay, so he said he hasn't ruled it out. It sounded like his, his wife maybe doesn't want him to go to Ottawa, which I can understand. Uh, but he did not rule it out. Always have a lot of time for Ellis Ross yeah. and his wife, who I've met. Uh, um, but again, the fact that they're talking about this weekly, he actually posted a Facebook video on this topic a couple months ago, talking about potentially running for the federal nomination, for the, which he would get uh, for the Conservative Party. Um, Ellis wants to get things done. And yeah. I think if, if he sees the chance of the Conservatives forming government, I think he he probably would make the jump. But I don't think they're there yet in terms of – but they're certainly, you know, leading in the polls. Um, and we'll get into a deeper dive on that in a few moments. But, yeah, Ellis would be a star candidate, no yeah. question. Um, they'd, uh, conservatives would love to land him as a candidate up in that – that area that is a that is a riding that's historically won by the NDP and the Conservatives. So and actually, all three parties have, have held that riding from time to time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he'd be a he'd be a star candidate for sure. That riding is in play for sure. He represents Skeena in the BC Legislature right now. So we're talking Northern British Columbia. It's current at the federal level. It is currently an NDP riding. Yeah. Yeah. So the the Conservatives would love to steal that riding up there. And I think they you know they need a star candidate to, in order to yeah. do that. And Alice Ross would certainly be a star candidate. Yeah. That'd be a loss for Kevin Falcon and the BC United Party. It'd be a big loss yeah. uh, for them for sure. I mean, Ellis uh, brings a different um, framework of issues in the in the legislature. He's very strong on natural resource oh, issues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he made that the, very clear yesterday. Yeah, in our discussion. Particularly with Indigenous community involvement. I mean, his, right. his Heisla time is, is the Heisla chief, uh, chief there. Uh, they're very instrumental in bringing LNG projects. And his view is, look, this is all about creating jobs in an environmentally sensitive and responsible way. Um, not opposing projects. So uh, Ellis Ross very much comes from that side of the ledger, and it would be a big get for the Conservatives to get him. Yeah, his passion is economic development, especially like resource development, Mm -hmm. liquefied natural gas. He feels that this is the path forward to prosperity for Indigenous people and First Nations, and he thinks it's a critical part of the reconciliation process. I'll tell you, that is music to the ears of the federal Conservatives. They love that, right? So they would love to get this guy. Yeah, and I, I actually think if I had to bet, I'd bet on him doing just that, seeking nominee. You think so? Think okay, so. that's going to be interesting to watch here. Now, speaking of federal politics, we touched briefly on this yesterday. There was a, an event this week where former Conservative Prime Minister Brian Mulroney was a keynote speaker at an event. It was largely a, a big federal liberal audience here, and he praised Justin Trudeau. Yeah effusively quite the hug fest trudeau even seemed surprised yeah. that mulrooney was being so nice to him and i could just imagine the federal conservatives just grinding their teeth listening to this so let's listen to a little bit of this here former conservative prime minister 
uh, Brian Mulroney. Listen to him talk about uh, Justin Trudeau here. I saw the prime minister because he invited me in as an advisor to his cabinet. And I saw the big decisions he had to take at crucial moments. The end result of this incredibly challenging negotiation, the end result was a significant victory for Canada, and it is due to the leadership that we saw from the government of Canada on this most important occasion. Yeah, he's talking there about renegotiating NAFTA with Donald Trump yeah. and uh, revealing there that he was advising Trudeau and his cabinet yeah, at this point. Yeah. yeah, so again, quite this wasn't just one line from Brian Mulroney. This was an entire speech dedicated to praising Justin Trudeau for his leadership. It's got to make Pol- Pierre Poliev and his uh, crowd a little more than a little uh, uncomfortable here. It also comes in amidst these by-election results, which are being analyzed by many, including conservatives, about how their vote went down in three ridings and how the liberal vote went up at a time when the liberals just endless string of controversies. You know, yeah. the whole David Johnson foreign interference, uh, all sorts of things have been dragging on for months. And what happens when the voters are actually sent to the polls rather than just in, to actually vote rather than telling a pollster what they think? They actually, the liberal vote actually increased, and the conservative vote went down. And what may be happening, one of the analyses I've seen is that the NDP vote also went down. Are new Democrat voters suddenly flocking to the liberals to keep Poliev out of power? And we'll see if that plays out in the national. Okay, level. well, I've got Pierre Poliev on the show today. He's, oh, he's coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Last night, they, they wrapped up the spring sitting of Parliament. So mm-hmm. the parliamentary session is shut down now until the fall. And we'll talk about that. But I also want to ask, I'm, I will ask him about these these by-election results. I want to ask him about what he thought about Brian Mulroney you know, praising well, Justin Trudeau. That's coming up here at the bottom of the As hour. we talked yesterday, Mulroney uh, had Pierre Poliev and his wife over for dinner. Yeah. And where he famously told him, um, when it comes to politics, fish with a fish are. And what does that mean when he says that? Basically, go after the voters where most voters are, live and reside. And that's right. generally the political center. Yeah. Not the not the left wing or the right wing. Uh, you can gravitate to one side or the other, but you've got to keep your mind on the center right. where the most voters are. Uh, or particularly geographically, most voters live in urban and suburban areas. Those are where all the ridings are that are going to determine who forms the government. And right now, Poliev is just not doing well in those ridings. Yeah, so fish where the fish are. You've got to moderate. You've got to move to to the middle here. Now, you know, I, I don't know if we should read too much into these by-election results. So, I mean, by-election turnouts are notoriously low. Are, and the Conservatives, they still hung on to the two seats that they had here. But generally, opposition parties do much better in by-elections than what the Conservatives uh, put on display here. Yeah. Uh, because it's usually a referendum on the government or a, an opportunity to kick the government in the pants. You know, send a message. You know, we're not happy with stuff. And that's generally not what happened. Okay, let's take a a look here south of the border. Now, this is really interesting. Donald Trump, of course, running again for president. And he had a sit-down interview with Brett Baer, who is a journalist with Fox News, normally in the past been friendly to Trump. But this interview... This reporter really pinned Trump down yeah. several times, and a lot, a lot of, of attention. There really is a lot of analysis on this. That this guy did a, really did a number on Trump. Now listen to this exchange here. He's Trump is asked about the documents that were stored at Mar-a-Lago in his in uh, his home in Florida, and why he didn't why didn't he just give these documents back mm-hmm. when the feds asked for it? And listen to Trump's response here. And in why not just hand them over then? Because I had 
boxes. I want to go through the boxes and get all my personal things out. I don't want to hand that over to Nara yet. And I was very busy, as you've sort of seen. Okay, so he said he was busy. He didn't want to give the boxes back. And, you know, that's kind of counter to some earlier claims he'd made that he'd given everything yeah. back already. And Chris Christie jumped on this now. So let's listen to this here now. This is the reformer Republican governor of New Jersey running against Trump here for the Republican nomination. And that exchange you just heard, you hear Chris, watch Chris Christie seize on this here right now. Let's listen. I think he knows he's in trouble. And last night, I think the worst moment for him was that talking about the fact that he just didn't have time uh, to go through these boxes. Well, in response to a grand jury subpoena, yet he told the government and had his lawyer certify that he had returned all of the documents that were responsive to the subpoena. That is obstruction of justice. Yeah, Chris Christie senses blood here, blood in the water. Um, And the internal polls show he's slowly inching up in the polls. He's still far behind. There's no question, but there's still a long way uh, to go before primary season. Um, but Christie clearly is on the offensive here, and yeah. he thinks tr- uh, Trump is vulnerable. And a number of analysis of that interview I've read uh, suggests that uh, Trump looks scared, not the old Trump of confident boasting and, and just uh, sort of dismissing all criticism. Yeah. This is much more on the defensive and realizing that, and Chris Christie says he knows he's in trouble. I mean, these are 37 charges that are fairly serious. And Christie's a former public prosecutor. He he's a lawyer. And so he's very he knows good communicator. Very good communicator. He is. You know, I think Christie's uh, sort of a wild card here. I think yeah. I think he may leapfrog DeSantis, who's not the most comfortable guy in public, not a good communicator, always making sort of being on the defensive, not really being sure about his his stance when it comes to Trump. Christie's yeah. made it very clear he is anti-Trump. Yeah. And he's going to try to force the gov- the Republican Party onto his path and away from Trump. I got open phone lines right now, 604-280-9898. Call me now, you're going to get through. Star 9898 on your cell. Daryl in Coquitlam, hi. Hi, thanks for taking my call. What you heard from Brian Mulroney is Brian Mulroney is a progressive, like like a Joe Clark, like a, like a Stanfield, like a Peter McKay. And he is signaling the progressives of the progressive conservatives to move to the, lib- to, move to the center to the liberals. Because when you hear the policies of Pierre Polyev, he is not a progressive. There's many questions he will not answer. And that's why Mulroney has done that. And, Mike, when you have him on, because I'm going to listen to your show, please be like Mike Wallace and press him hard. Thank you. Thank you, Daryl. Yeah, Daryl, I think makes a very good point. I think there's, you and I were talking off air, what is Mulroney up to? Like there has to be some deliberateness to his his to his method here. Yeah. Um, that this was not a one-off comment. This was at a public forum uh, in Atlanta, Canada, uh, with you know a fair number of liberals in the audience, but uh, with Trudeau there as well. And this was a, wasn't a one-off comment. This was a whole speech devoted to praising his leadership, which yeah. must drive. The hardcore conservative Poliev people right around the bend. I mean, he praised Trudeau on renegotiating the NAFTA deal with Trump, his management of the pandemic. pandemic. I mean, it just went on and on. And Trudeau Trudeau himself seemed a bit dazzled when he came up (laughs) on the stage to thank him. Like, I was like, whoa. I think he was. But again, there is a group um, of uh, folks out there, uh, Christy Clark has spoken to them, who want to take the party, uh, the conservative, back to sort of the middle ground. Yeah, uh, and there are notable people who are associated with former uh, governments, both Harper and Mulroney. So, uh, again, you look at 
Joe Clark, I just don't see how Joe Clark would fit into a Pierre Polyev party, yeah. for example. He's, he is, in Daryl's point, this is, they used to be called the progressive conservatives, and they were much more centrist-oriented than today's conservative. Yeah, party. and I just wonder, I was wondering the same thing, too. What is Mulroney up here and uh, up to here? Game? And it's kind of, well, is he planting a seed here that if we get into an election, if Trudeau wins again, which could conce- quite conceivably oh, yeah. happen, yeah. and... Would the knives come out for Polyev then, if that if that's the case? And, oh, and this is so. like an early seed being planted here that the party needs to to yeah, moderate. It could very well be. Yeah. It's not a bad theory. 604-280-9898 is the number to call. Star 9898 on your cell. Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Mike, finally something else other than policing to talk about. Hey, hey when yeah. I saw that go by on the ticker, Brian Mulroney praises Trudeau. Man, I, and that clip there, Trudeau must have thought, am I dreaming? He must have thought. Is this really happening? Praise from uh, the former Prime Minister, Brian Mulroney. Unbelievable. But like your, pre- your previous caller, he's from the old progressive days. You know, I voted for uh, Aaron O'Toole the last election because I like the guy. Uh, Pierre Polyev, I will not vote for the Federal Conservative Party. It will not happen. I'm not going to vote that way. But hey, Mike, I hear you're going to have him on. I was wondering if yeah. you could ask him this question. Could you ask him, your predecessor, Stephen, or, yeah, Stephen Harper... You guys voted to raise the age of eligibility to collect old age pension to 67. Now, we're in a, we were, when we were in the pandemic, that people would have had to wait two more years, 67 years old. That would have really crushed them. Now, no one knew we were going to be in a pandemic. But I want to know, would a Pierre Polyev government raise that age back to 67, raise the old age pension age back? I praise Trudeau okay. for that. I give him a lot of credit for that, rolling that back. He said he would, and he did. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thank you for the call. It's interesting that the Mulroney speech, and I listened to the whole thing, he not only was praising Justin Trudeau, he's also praising Pierre, Pierre yeah. Elliott Trudeau. Yeah. And uh, I was like, wow. Because now people are saying, well, Mulroney is this more of a progressive, uh, moderate conservative, more of a progressive conservative. I mean, back in the day when, when Mulroney was the prime minister, he was the he was the enemy of the left and the progressives in Canada. Now he's sort of looking back and saying, like, well, maybe he was a more progressive sort of leader. I mean, the same way people look back on, uh, like, a Ronald Reagan yeah, now, too. Yeah, so, well, speaking of Reagan, one reason Mulroney took heat from the left back then is his close relationship and association with Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Recall the uh, the Irish Eyes Are, are Smiling uh, yeah. song they sang together, uh, the the Shamrock Summit yeah. with him and, uh, him and Reagan, and that, that infuriated the NDP at the time. Squeezing another call, Joe in Vancouver. Joe, you got 30 seconds here. Hey, how you doing? Um, I'm Stan. Listen to the radio. Uh, just, uh, just a little, little disgusted about about how you guys don't talk about Biden. The biggest story, the president, the current president, he had documents, classified documents when he was a senator, vice president, which is impeachable, which is actually jail time. Uh, you guys don't talk about Biden at all. Uh, sure we do. Thank, thank you thanks. for the call. We do talk about Biden. Whatever, Joe. And Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, yeah. just did a plea deal on some charges down there that a lot of Republicans are pointing the finger at, saying there's yeah. a double standard in the system. Yeah, and down. the difference between having documents and what Trump's doing is obstruction of justice. And that, Biden is not accused of that.